0: Today I talk with Shirley Gregor. She is a professor emerita at, at the Australian National University. Her research interests include artificial intelligence, human-computer interaction, and the philosophy of science and technology. Her research has appeared in outlets including BisQuarterly, Quarterly, Journal of Management Information Systems, Journal of Decision of Information Systems, International Journal of Electronic Commerce, European Journal of Information Systems, and Information Technology and in People. In her career, Professor Gregor was a senior editor for Miss Quarterly and was editor-in-chief for the Journal of the Association of Information Systems. She has led several large applied research projects. Professor Gregor is fellow of the Australian Computer Society and a fellow of the Association for Information Systems. She was given a Desiree's Lifetime Achievement Award in 2017 for contributions to design science research in information systems and technology and design science is the ongoing topic of our discussion. With Professor Gregor I talk about how she was drawn to the fundamental questions and why she wants to answer them, how she participated and made contribution to the ongoing development of design science research and information system. We also discuss the interesting court case related to design science, discuss the possible contribution of abduction, Simon's artificial science, the future of science and much more. With this Welcome, Professor Gregor. Hello, Professor Gregor. Thank you very much for accepting to be uh, part of the SIGFIL podcast. We highly appreciate that. And to this SIGFIL, we want to bring your experience and knowledge to the wider community in uh, information systems so you could actually give understanding to the community what it takes to move forward and incorporate philosophical ideas and um, let's say principles in your own work. Um, I wish we in the beginning to just say something maybe shortly for you, and then we just historically say how you actually get related to the philosophical thinking and what was your, um, let's say, starting experience in in this regard.
1: Okay, well, thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me to take part. And I've listened to some of the other podcasts and I think it's a very valuable endeavour. So you ought to be congratulated. Okay, so where, where did I start? Um, so as many young people in my teenage years, I was concerned about basically questions of, very fundamental questions of why are we here? What's the meaning of life? And so really I started reading philosophy then as a teenager at high school. And the people who had most who made most impression on me at that point were the existentialists. Mm-hmm. So I was very impressed by Simone de Beauvoir. And some of, some of that, I think, as I said, it was personal. Personal interest and personal interest in how how one lived to oneself, um, which isn't the subject of what we're talking about today. But some of some of the things that appealed to me then, I think, still appeal to me. And now this is my interpretation of existentialism. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't been able to study philosophy formally very much, so I'm basically self-taught. The things that appealed to me was the idea of, firstly, what they call bad faith, that how one acted should accord with how one thinks. So it's not a very good idea to basically be lying to oneself. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And that you take responsibility for what you do and you have choice. Sometimes constrained, but you have choice. And the other thing was that reading Simone de Beauvoir, of course, she had an enormous effect on many women of my age group um, because she showed us that we could live lives. We could choose to live lives as women differently from what had happened in the past and that one could more often have freedom, basically, very important lesson that if one earned one's own living and wasn't was capable of earning one's own living and had freedom. So though some of that's personal, I think that's stayed with me and you'll see that when we talk later about the work that I do, I'm I'm still concerned with how you tie up action and acting in the world with what you can know, with knowledge.
0: Yeah. And that actually brings you... What I say in a way, because you say from early days, I tried to end to, to, I was interested by the fundamental questions and uh, these fundamental questions, like if I transfer it to maybe epistemology, which you try to to deal in certain domains and we will come back to the domains in information systems. But my question before we continue that, is it um, the quest, the interest for philosophy Uh, only needed when you try to answer fundamental questions or can uh, you actually answer ordinary questions without thinking deeply about influencing your philosophy because there are a lot of streams in information systems where actually people unconsciously accept the philosophical, let's say, um, traditions when they try to answer their uh, their questions like uh, and then you see that these people even if you talk unconsciously stick to this paradigm or tradition without exploring the 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 other so do you think that if you want to be better scholar you need to uh, go for the fundamental questions or you can actually be informed philosophically for more let's say down-to-earth questions
1: I think many people function very well and do very, very good work without being interested in philosophy. Yeah. So it's not... It seems it's not actually necessary. And I think some people just naturally have an interest in it more than others. Uh, But there's, there's some areas, I think, where it comes to what... I suppose you call metaphysics where you can't you can't actually function. I don't think without engaging in some philosophical thought, and that's once you get to areas um, such as ethics yeah. that aren't yes that can't be examined through um, they can't be settled by argument or yeah. evidence. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is that you know, in some of our areas, I suppose perhaps more in computer science, people do have a, a tradition there that they accept. They don't. They don't really talk about it at all very much. Maths is the same. Yeah. And it's just accepted as it's implicit in what they do.
0: hmm Yeah. But if you, if I, for example return you back in the time when you uh, uh when you started working information systems do, do, um, my, my question is like when you stop you, you so you say okay i want to to research how this impacts this or what is the uh, let's say the relations between this and this or um, how the mechanisms can do this and this depending on that. So when, and then you start asking questions, like, okay, I will use this theory, but this theory goes in that, but that, and then if you build it a little bit, it goes always to these fundamental questions. Where, where I'm, I'm interesting, like a younger uh, a scholar, where, where do you stop asking and questioning questions on this ladder of normal to metaphysics and then you just say, I accept this as a given and I continue from that. What is your experience on that?
1: Well, again, you can you can function well and do very well without without this questioning and do yeah. very valuable work. Yeah. So, for example, I was my first study was in psychology and mathematics. Yeah. So in maths, the maths we didn't have to think about epistemology or philosophy at all, and in psychology we we learned the scientific method, and <laughs> that was it. Yeah. We didn't, there was not much thought about theory. It was, it was more doing experiments yeah. and accumulating knowledge. So I went, I went along happily with that, and, so, and I suppose philosophy was just reserved for my private reading. But it was when I came to information systems and I just realised that there was... sort of a collision course that these various ways of thinking didn't match. And so, I mean, I kept on going, but it just seemed extremely problematic. So at that point, I did start to try to write something myself about some of the problems that I saw. But the young scholars, um, again, I think it's... I think people do good work when they see problems or anomalies, when they see something interesting. So if they, if you see something interesting and then you do, you do reading and you see that you, this area doesn't seem to have been adequately addressed before, then I think younger people can make a contribution.
0: And, and when you you mentioned that you there was like when you started engaging in the information systems discipline and then you started seeing how different traditions interact, etc., you made a decision. I, I assume you made a decision. I'm just uh, in the, that you take more on how question on how you actually uh, do the, these things. So it's more or less related to design uh, science and the theorizing on not what is but more or less on how or uh, how is and if people read your work uh they will see that you are actually uh not inspired but informed you might say by the work of on uh, artificial disciplines on simon uh, work and we will talk less, later yes. on on the and how you actually um, uh, do you think that this decision to take with this uh, let's say tradition. Uh, how it came to it? Because the other uh, traditions could not match your practical experience, because you were working in the practice before you came to the to the academia and trying to to, yes. to to mesh these things. So yes,
1: that's...
0: can you reflect a little bit on this? Yeah.
1: Well, that's right. So so while I was working in industry, um, I was given training there, and at that point it was just called computing. So we were trained in hardware, software, programming languages and systems analysis. There was no No. thought that computer science was different from information systems. It was all all one thing. Um, But then when I I changed to being an academic, I could see that the research, and so to start with, I couldn't quite see where I fitted And after a while, I realised I went to an information systems conference and I thought, actually, it was really funny. I met Guy Gable at that conference and I thought, this is me, this is where I belong. This is people, it's the intersection of people and technology, and this is where I perhaps fit best. And so the behavioural side of what we were doing was okay because that was very similar to what I'd done in psychology. So, fortunately, I could fall back on that, but the the other part, building things, there just seemed to be no appreciation at all as to how that was done. And you, you'd find, I think Ron Weber wrote something about people being lured by lured by the doing construction work, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which wasn't proper science. <laughs> And Ron like all of us, we, we change our we change over time. Yeah. Um so and then somehow or other I read Simon and I that, that idea that, that what we were doing needed to be made respectable academically, yep. that yep. that appealed a great deal. So that was I think if, if we think if I could be thought to be continuing on in the tradition of Simon in some way. Yep. Um that would be good, of course, I read Simon there, and I think there's some things very hesitantly I'd say I don't quite agree with, but yeah the, the general thrust yeah.
0: but that that is actually what i when we we see Simon, he talks about artificial sciences, and he puts all these sciences that are not naturally in this in this pocket, so I was thinking he's like and information system in my perspectives like this uh, both aspects the behavior and the uh, the, the IT in, in a way and the interaction between uh, them that is happening so in a way I wish uh, my personal opinion is that if we explore these interactions more or less we can actually make contribution to the other artificial sciences especially today when there is this information between society and everything is influenced or integrated somewhere by uh, by technology, and here what I see, I goch let's say I don't see, but I think it's like when you say we need to by answering how we need to show how other people create, develop, develop innovate in, in, in a way. So I'm I'm seeing your work more or less wanting to create the future than analyzing the past. Am I? Am I correct on this? What, what 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 do you think about this idea? In
1: oh no. <laughs> um, no, no, I think that's well. There's a lot of lot of questions there, all all bound up together. Um, so I, I certainly agree that information systems people have a great deal to offer. Maybe yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll just deal with that part of the question first. Uh, especially in the epistemology side, I think I think that's where we can offer quite a lot because, as I've said, the because we have people with such a wide variety of backgrounds, and the computer, in computer science there are there aren't terribly many people write about methods yep. about how to do their work, and it, it's difficult. There's a, a few, but it's difficult for their... Their students, sometimes I end up that sometimes they come over to see me to see how they can structure their work and make an argument. but after a while it's like an apprenticeship system Would yeah. computer scientists learn to do it from their from their masters um, so we because we' in information systems we're used to the idea of examining methods in epistemology. I think what we write and some of the people who write on design science research. And have an effect there. And I might just mention something here that I no. think demonstrates this: is that recently I was asked to be an expert witness by mm-hmm. a firm of barristers. And in Australia, companies can get tax deductions if they can show that the if what they're doing is research. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can get. You get concessions, but so some of them want to show. Some of them are doing IT, so they're doing yeah, they're dealing with IT systems, but they've got to show that that's science, and that the definition that the government uses is is the scientific method. <laughs> <laughs> so, so but what's what I found was that the what's getting cited is work by Alan Hevner by me, yeah. by Peppers.
0: Yeah.
1: So, and this isn't. This is by people who are from software engineering. So. Yeah, this is But me being an expert system, I was able to cite my own work. It was wonderful and get paid for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> those those cases are worth very large amounts of money. So it's a, It's something yeah. that. It's interesting. where work on philosophy. Actually, has a. Impact effect on. in real life.
0: But I think even yes. if, if they they arrive to the core, that means that there is a a huge impact of this work which you have uh, which you have done and written with other colleagues. Because if you are called to evaluate a practice, uh, let's say endeavor, is it scientific or no? It's like um, for me, it's like you see now the link where everybody argues we need to increase the impact and uh, contribution to the practice. And this is a clear example where the legal system recognises: okay, uh, there is an impact, but let's see, is it done in appropriate way? Or is it uh, undone in, in a way? Yeah, that's interesting. And
1: it was, yeah, and it was a very interesting experience because the barrister who I had to work with, yeah. um, I mean, he didn't really understand what the word hypothesis meant, so, <laughs> but he was very, very clever and very sharp, very logical. So when I made arguments, he would, he would pick up on them and I would have to explain myself more clearly. And it was a very educational experience. <laughs> but see, for them, in the end, to describe it as a, a scientific method, you end up with the artifact being the independent variable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And But the interesting thing that the, barri- the barrister was able to pick up by himself was that the value lay in our conceptualization of the independent variable, of our actually discovery of it, and our depiction yeah. and description of it, how it worked. Basically, yeah. the the artefact description, the prescriptive knowledge. So he was able to pick up on that. So it was a, so I think it's a really interesting example.
0: So it's like uh, the barista was like. Uh a reviewer of an article scientific article who is <laughs> <Yes,
1: laughs>
0: popping yes. things and hitting you there yes. saying what do you think about this and what do you think about this yes. <laughs> well but this this is actually a very nice uh, example about how uh, and that is why um, maybe I, I sense it, and I think like philosophy is like if you look at it from a different perspective, it's a very practical thing. It should show like which you said in the beginning of your existentialism reading, it's like showing you that you can live your own life, showing you that you can make steps if you transfer it to the to the practice. So it's what what do you think? Is it is this only some abstract thing that people uh, with tenure sit and do it, or or it's just a a more even practical thing
1: no and look i feel i feel really really strongly about this this is a yeah. something that's i think is really important is that the the artifacts that we build as we know that we help build or we study those mm-hmm. of us who do behavioral work we study their effects uh, the knowledge that we that we gain is, can have enormous effects on people's lives So if we have, if we don't build systems properly or we, basically, if we don't oversight them properly, don't don't project manage them properly, don't sit out, allow stakeholders, don't consult stakeholders properly, um, the artifacts themselves just can do such terrible damage to people large 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 numbers of people and it's getting of course because of the the way technology is now the the capacity for damage is even greater yeah so if we if we can't get our knowledge into the best shape that we can it won't it won't ever be you know perfect or complete but we i think we've got to do the best we can and your question about the past no. This, this is a really interesting question. And I think, again, that why we need to pay attention to the philosophy of technology and not rely on philosophy from other fields is that um, though our artefacts are uh, uh, they're so new and different, uh, there are lessons learned from the past that can continue on to the newer forms no. of the artefact. So the area that I do a lot of work in is to do with artificial intelligence, decision support systems, expert systems. So there's many lessons that have been learned there that still apply to newer technologies such as machine learning. Now, the problem is trying to disentangle what what still holds and what might be new
0: New.
1: about the new things. So it is very difficult. Yeah. But that's 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 why I think we need to keep working at our work on the philosophy of technology to try to see how that can happen. I think Al Hebner's been doing work on this recently with colleagues on the fact that we perhaps in very rapidly changing areas we can't rely on as much. We certainly can't rely on kernel theories particularly because they just may not hold at all to Things
0: no. that are entirely new. And when you raise now the kernel theories, it's like I have the feeling that from your very... I don't know you from the very beginning of your work, but when I read it and I uh, what I see is that you were and Alan Hefner and Pfeffers and uh, others trying to make this the third stream in information system, creating new tradition in design science. So it's actually... Um, you are um, uh, an example where you try philosophically in a way because uh, at, the, at the end of the uh, of, of your work, I found out that you are trying to answer again the fundamental question. Yeah, uh, it's not uh, what uh, what, but how, and in that one you you pushed to create a new stream of a new field. And I have some. You, you shared with me some your writing, so I can prepare, etc. I will not mention it. Yet. But where you say that this stream is gaining, uh, uh let's say, impact? It's gaining traction in the in the in the discipline. So, can you, from experience point of view, can you explain what it takes you to make that? But how how it, it takes probably decades to to do it. It takes devotion, cooperation. What is your what What is your experience on this and then we will continue on mean, the epistemology yeah <laughs> thank you
1: do you mean how how do you get new
0: thoughts how do, how do you create it? thing where i see is like uh, somewhere in the 60s 70s 80s there is mix etc but more or less it's not clear and then somewhere in the 90s people start uh, raising design and then it moves very strongly in the after 2000 and that means that somebody has worked, but that is what I read and the other colleagues read, is we don't see your work from the behind to make that possible, you know, like, uh, so maybe... Well, it's,
1: I think I listened to the podcast from Ellen Lee yeah. and he said that, you know, our, our, own, our own system is a social system, our academic system is a social system, so... Yeah. It can it can be hard to change people's thoughts so people who've been brought up in one tradition they have a lot invested in that particular tradition so it's it can be quite hard for them to think a different way um, and I will say that with my own work actually I know with, with Al's first paper too the um, the, the big Edner at al paper that there's been some very courageous individual senior editors
0: who've
1: who've been able to accept work that's different. So that's, I think, from my own view, um, what I've seen that's helped. So I'll I'll say the people who've helped me. So Alan Lee was one of them. So The Nature of Theory paper, he was the senior editor for that. And I think he said at one point, I don't actually agree with what you've said necessarily. (laughs) But he helped me get it out. Ron, Ron webber has got that same attitude. And yeah. um, Andrew Burton Jones. So, and you can see Andrew will say that, well, this isn't my cup of tea, basically, but we get the idea out of it there. And the other person's Detmar Stroud. Yeah. So, Detmar accepted the paper, The um, Anatomy of a the Design Theory. And again, I think Detmar was able to see that. Well, it's good for journals if they get a paper that's going to provoke yeah. controversy. Yeah. to get cited a lot. So, but I think he was—he's genuinely as well keen to see interesting ideas get out there. So yeah. that's that's how I think things go along. Um, if you read, there's a, a good book in um, management called Great Minds in Management, mm-hmm. where they've actually talked to theorists who got new theories out and they talk about the struggles that they had. One of them, I forget who it was, the only way he could get his theory out was he was the editor of a special issue. (laughs) So he published his own work.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is a nice trick.
1: (laughs) It's a nice trick, but Mm -hmm. I forget which theory it is, but it's one now that's, you know, one of our kernels' theories that we we use a lot. That's how...
0: yeah yeah and that that means that people should if they want to answer the 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 big questions or make new streams they should not expect that everybody will wholeheartedly accept it even if they are they are good they should push it because there is some traditions which everybody recognizes and it should like uh when you when I'm, i'm i'm trying to now to use you as a positive example and your colleagues that work on design science is that if you have a nice interesting question and if you devote certain time you will have some problems and hurdles etc but at the end you can lay ground for a new stream research because now design science is valued research streaming information systems you get it in the conference in the journals in departments so people are actually putting the names in their departments or in their vision and mission so i will just say that when i talk to you and I will mention that introduction is that your work is actually a clear example where a deep philosophical question or asking a different question can create on a long-term a new design new new research stream new research uh, field do do, do you do you agree with me with this statement that I, I want to give it as encouragement to younger scholars
1: well, yes, I mean, it's, it, obviously it's not, you know, there's a, a group of people who've done this. Many of them yeah. who feel quite passionate yeah. about the, the area. Um, but look, uh, younger, younger scholars too, it, 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 it's easier for people, I think, who've had training in philosophy. Yeah. Uh, so we have some younger people, I work with some younger people. Yeah. In fact the person who asked me to yeah.
0: join in this podcast. Yeah.
1: <laughs> who um I I often feel they're far cleverer than I am and they know they've certainly had and I think maybe in Europe people get to study philosophy in high school sometimes, which is not yeah. common in the English speaking world. So they so this, there I think there are people who've had that training, it's probably easier for them to make a contribution in some way, yeah. from a philosophical point of view, that's on, in some area that touches on philosophy. Um, and another another colleague uh, I know who's, who studied philosophy very fully. Uh, he's he's been very valuable to talk to about the ethics of, especially artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. So, he yeah. I think he. People like him can make a contribution from different yeah. areas, areas that
0: they're quite passionate about. Yeah, and his, his name, or you, you're, you have a, someone in mind, or, or we'll talk about it later on after, after that. And what I, I want. I don't to, want to. Oh, uh, yeah, no problem. I don't no want problem. to embarrass people by, by, <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. by, <laughs> citing, by citing them. Oh, yeah. no,
0: no problem, that is why we'll talk it later. But what, and I, I want now to move on another. On Topic which actually probably is inspired by Simon's work where he and and you are talk about um, innovation in in our uh, creating innovation from as output and what I see is that sparingly maybe sparingly gets published but I see a trend of your devotion to abduction as uh, reasoning uh, in, in, interference uh, inference and I, epistemologically, I see that you are talking about induction, deduction, but you are trying to introduce also abduction, and talking about how creativity and we created new artifacts, how they will function so they can make an impact. Can you a little bit reflect? Because I read widely, and a lot of scholars uh, in AI, uh, there are some papers published, in, I think, in European Journal of Information Systems, where they use abduction, but what is your feeling about about this? Why why you, why you raise this epistemological, uh, let's say, uh, reasoning uh, in your work?
1: This 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 question goes to one of the traditions that we have that's quite pervasive in information systems yeah. and has been there for a long time. Is that I don't like using the word positivist, but
0: yeah. what?
1: what we in our discipline understand and what people often meant by being positivist is doing hypothesis testing. Yeah. Um, so, so if we talk about the scientific method, uh, they're concerned about the part where you, you get a hypothesis from somewhere, probably from a kernel theory, and then you engage in rigorous testing. And they are perhaps looking at Karl Popper, who wasn't a positivist, but who tended to stress the testing part of things. So Popper very famously said he didn't care where hypotheses had come from in the first place because that wasn't a question of science. That was up to psychologists who, for example, might deal with creativity. But Popper, you know, he was writing at, at a certain time and he had certain aims in mind and I think I'm an enormous admirer of Popper's work, but I think the world's moved on since then. Yeah. And certainly, if you look at actual what's happened in science, um, some of the great discoveries in science have happened because people, say, so have been addressing a practical problem and they, they've they engaged in creative thinking, abductive thinking. They've yeah. They've made a guess. Yeah. So I think... I Maybe in Louis Pasteur with the with the um the mould, discovering yeah. the mould that was infecting the beer. He was yeah. he was employed by the brewery. So he had a guess. And yeah. so it's a flash of insight. Now, yeah. Obviously it's come to him because he's had the the prepared mind, so he's had a great deal of knowledge there to start with. So I don't I feel we should be paying more attention and being more receptive to the idea that new things can happen, and we can yeah. have new theories and new artefacts, <laughs> and they've been—they've come from creativity. Yeah. Um, they're new. Yeah. <laughs> so the first, <laughs> and uh, they don't have to come from a kernel theory. They don't have to be deduced, because strictly speaking, in logic. If you, if you work from deduction you don't get anything new at all ever yeah, yeah. so it's a so that's why I think we need to and i that's an area where I have struggled myself to get uh, where i've done work where i've been trying to actually try and present something new new theory through a process of research synthesis, and there's been some unfortunate mishaps in that respect <laughs> where Work that never saw the light of day <laughs> and, um, and it's no doubt because, you know, you like to think that the review system's been, you know, could have been better, but often it's because you yourself have been not been clever enough about explaining what it is you're trying to do yeah. in terms that will match,
0: yeah.
1: you know, the, the prevailing way of thought
0: but that, that is why i was just um, uh, like for example seeing like design science where uh, scientifically you will want to create something new something which is not done before and then linking that with uh, abductive reasoning. although there is no still clear thing how abductive uh, inference should be done etc or patterns but uh, I, I reckon to you like prepared mind what is a prepared mind for a for for you to uh for a, a younger school how to come a prepared mind should they should she or he read broadly engage himself from different perspectives in order to prepare um, their mind for some creative insight what, what, what can you how to say distil your experience in this because i saw for example the nature of theory paper it's only one sentence i think in the where you say it's meta study or meta analysis i don't think but people who read that sentence know that you have read and thought and combined and, <laughs> <analyzed>. <laughs> and, and uh, put them back in and out I would say hundreds of papers, hundreds of writings, and that, that, that
1: paper—that paper was seventy pages long at one point. It had to get cut down. And I did have sabbatical. I can recommend sabbaticals if you want to do <laughs> something like
0: that. And yeah. It
1: was—it was, so, was so good. Mm. Um, so I think that again with work, I think the first thing is recommendations something I say to PhD students is Mm -hmm. to find something that interests them.
0: Uh,
1: And if you long term, if you have a couple of things that truly interest you and you keep, you keep reading about those things, you build up expertise in that particular area and that becomes um, your strategic advantage if we want to use a management (laughs) term. So, and and often that will come from your, from one's PhD. So often right. I think we see people engaging with the same sort of problem over a very long time. Yeah. So that's, you know, sort of one strategy. And again, because I've been interested in knowledge and philosophy for a very long time, that's yeah. that's probably been my underlying thing where I build sort of built up. And I just... Yeah. I like reading about that so I can just read for pleasure. And I'm doing again, that again now. Now that I'm an emeritus, I've gone back to yeah. that area again. But then I think as well as that, you need to be doing some other things as well, perhaps with PhD students and because you can get a bit sort of stuck in your own way of thinking. So you need yeah. to work with others who are investigating different topics. or yeah. With me, I've ended up doing... Work with industry a lot yeah and I think if I I don't think you can write about design science unless you're actually trying to to actually be out there trying to do development work um, and that sort of keeps you fresh so again working with other people who have some have expertise in areas that I don't and when you put us together you end up you know this is creativity you end up with a yeah. better. Better yeah. thing, yeah. More, more, new thoughts. So I certainly at the at the present, I'm very fortunate to have, be working with another a few groups of people, uh, some some more of my my vintage, but other younger people, and that's just yeah. so it's so good to work with them because they they're bright, they're fresh, and I might my contribution might be to sort of Help them form the arguments into a logical form, yeah. but I benefit from seeing the new ideas as well, especially yeah. in technologies which you know i'm not I'm not across
0: yeah yeah so it's actually what i I can see it from you from your talk is like if you want to the perspectives and the influence which you gain uh, from uh, unknowns and knowns and the discourse you make actually can help you in come uh, with with new new ideas that could be philosophical but that could be industry that could be so it 's not uh, i would say I, I think there was always some boxed boxed in research, but we to be a little bit more open for a new new experience and especially when the information system field is actually changing so fast and then the interactions yes. been, so it's probably somehow a necessity for the future to, to, to be um, pluralistic in a way or multidisciplinary or transdisciplinary I don't know like I, I have the feeling that ice field is a clear example of transdisciplinarity in, <laughs> in a way which everybody is uh, trying uh to 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 research in a way
1: yes yes i think i think yes so no i agree with that and again so different areas that that i might work with so at present i'm still involved in a project that's on suicide prevention on railways um using intelligent video surveillance so that Part that I'm concerned with is the interface between the intelligent system and the, the current work systems and the, and the human beings. Well, that's that's meant in me coming up to date with a lot of things to do with machine learning that I, yeah. I didn't know about, and uh, it's been very. But see, it's what's going to have what's happened there, which is difficult. Is that it, it can at times mean publishing in journals that I'm not used to. So in yeah. safety, maybe in a safety journal. Yeah. And that can be, you know, that's can be quite difficult if you're not when you don't know their their traditions.
0: Yeah. So that's actually one of the problems of the if you want to do transdisciplinary and publish in other in other fields. There was one saying, every research is transdisciplinary, every publication is monodisciplinary. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good no that's a good saying that's a very good saying so, yes. actually, so actually you do the transdisciplinary research but you try to fit in the tradition of security journals or in IS journals or computing journals that's right and yes. what do you think yes. now we are just we, we have been talking um, for some time what what do you think is the future i always try to talk about what 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 do you think is the future now for the in ice on theorizing uh, there is this debate on native theories uh, the impact of scholars on practice on academia ice it's just what do you think is as a an experience scholar long period of time in the field. What what, what it, it it can be just your opinion, what the future holds for us, what, what, what we need to do to be better in the future, in a way
1: well I think in the sense that what will happen is that those areas that are delivering value will prosper. Yeah. So I would think that those areas where we are adding I think eventually value to stakeholders that they will I would hope that this happened that they went they went forward and so and then possibly some of the traditions in publishing might change yeah. so that work so that work was contributing I mean the work that we do already is contributing to society yeah, but it, yeah. maybe the, the links become become greater so I think in the I mean there's areas in blockchain some people work in blockchain yeah. I see I see some colleagues at University of Queensland uh, working on trust in machines now there's yeah. trust in AI yeah. I'm, I'm part of that project as well in a way so that that works very, very relevant to industry yeah. people, so they they want that they want since we've got one one of the large software companies working with us, and they they want us to be helping them to put out thought leadership pieces yeah so their the team collectively is bringing together their experience from different things, but packaging it up and putting it in a form that is accessible to people who who are really struggling with adopting and assimilating AI. Yeah. And
0: what do you think... I don't think, know
1: if I've really answered the question.
0: Yeah, but what do you... That, that is on the domain, like we have these domains that will have significant impact and uh, artificial intelligence will have significant impact and scholars will need to uh, to try to understand it in a way and um, but you will say... Um, in the design science and to pro- make proposal how to improve it and how to do it uh, uh, better and do you think in this way in, uh, in, in, in the future the philosophical thinking could be valuable in helping making these contributions also to the academia and to the to the practice like if people started from fundamental questions or they should start it a little bit uh, just trying to solve empirical problems and then try to go with uh, more fundamental questions. what 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 is your suggestion in a way? What's your opinion?
1: Well, again, I think think we need, you know, individuals even are best to move forward on a number of fronts. So doing empirical work is valuable. Doing experiments, I'm particularly fond of experiments. And so, if you get enough experiments in an area, you've got you start building up, like medicine, you start building up a body of knowledge. Yeah. Uh, as far as the, the philosophy and the epistemology goes, you know, I, I really think it's vital that we keep working at how we still haven't really got a good handle on design science research. Yeah. So there's a lot of a lot of different terms. Some people, it's a little bit hard to explain sometimes mm-hmm. what it means yeah. or define what is or isn't design science work. So sometimes people doing experiments are doing, they're designing an artifact or part of an artifact, a feature of an artifact, and then doing a test with it. But they are actually developing some design knowledge as well. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's quite a bit of work still, I think, to do with that. But again, I, I, I think it's really, really valuable work, again, because if we can't... Get the knowledge into some sort of form that can be accumulated and relied upon. At least as a starting point in design, we are not doing the best we can in avoiding failures in systems and systems yeah. and building building systems that do good in the world instead of harm.
0: So it's it's actually like uh, I, I get the sense that you're suggesting is like it's not only how you uh, design. Uh, an, an artifact but it's actually you go on one step further and you say how you do how you do a design uh, uh, artifact so it's actually on an epistemological level to, to provide an advice how to do design science in a way that that, 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 that well,
1: is, that's right well, yes and how especially how to accumulate the knowledge in some yeah. inaccessible forms I mean, yeah. we are doing this all right, already. Yeah. We have people who who write, te- write textbooks. Yeah. And then that I'm knowledge not. goes out and informs generations of students. And some of those people who write the textbooks are using a lot of our research. And it might yeah. be explicitly constructive design science research yeah. or it might be experiments on, on artifacts. So it is happening already, but I feel that we... We keep need to keep working at doing it the best yeah. we can,
0: yeah yeah, okay, so thank you very much. Uh, I think that we uh, exhausted the the timeline which i, I was planning to talk <laughs> about the about the topics. Do you have something which you want to share before we just say farewell uh, what you
1: no and look look, thank you very much for the opportunity. I think you asked some good questions that um, you know, made me think a bit.
0: So. Yeah. Thank, you. So,
1: Thank you. So well done.
0: Thank you very much. It's actually, uh, what I say is that uh, when I talk uh, with scholars like you, any questions requires uh, extra hours or days maybe in talk, because there <laughs> are so many things that you, uh, that you need to take in account and present. But I think that we more or less in this l- little less than hour Covered the the topics that might be uh, interesting to the scholars. And I'm very thankful for that. And with this, I would like to close our uh, uh, podcast and wish you very nice, it's actually evening over there, but very nice weekend to to, to you.
1: Well, thank you very much. and, And thank you.